This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. Megan here with us today. How are you, Megan? I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing today, Harrison? I'm doing awesome. It's really nice out here in New York today, so I'm pretty excited to go and grab a drink, uh, enjoy the weekend. Where are you calling in from? Currently, I'm in Chicago. It is not sunny here. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it'll, it'll get there soon. It'll get there soon. At least it's Friday. At least it's Friday. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about a topic that I am personally extremely passionate about, which is around implementing and managing continuous feedback in organizations. Uh, but before we get there, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is going to be such a fun topic for us to dig into. Uh, so I'm Megan Bickle. I am an organization development leader who supports organizations that are seeking to transform talent management processes. Uh, I've got a master of science in organization development from the University of San Francisco and a bachelor of science in organization leadership from Marquette. Uh, so very organized. <laughs> um, outside of the office, I'm an avid runner and I'm hopeful that I will be running the Berlin Marathon this fall. Oh, cool. um, also, I'm the co-lead for the USF Advisory Board, at, um, partnering with current students and alumni. Awesome. Awesome. So let's dive right into it. So why is continuous feedback so, so important for employee performance? So, so important, right? I mean, the once a year process of giving feedback is antiquated. Um, you know, we give each other feedback each and every day in our interactions or when we were in the office, like through our body language. Um, and so really rethinking this once a year process or how we used to do things in terms of how does work actually get done? Mm -hmm. um, feedback should never be a surprise. You know, the pace in which we work and especially after a year like last year, it's right. imperative that employees receive continuous feedback on their performance versus waiting until a formal year-end review or check-in. Um, actually, I just saw a data point today that 43% of highly engaged employees receive feedback at least once a week compared to only 18% of low-engaged employees. Perfect, perfect. So this has been a pretty hot topic, I think, over the last, I would say, maybe a decade, right? Maybe even more, right? Around annual performance reviews are dead, continuous feedback needs to happen, or at least complemented, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, you know, I, I, I live and breathe this kind of topic and kind of vision for sure. Now, I think everybody typically understands the benefit, right? They, they get it but they have a hard time implementing it at their organizations, right? So how can organizations really implement continuous feedback and check-ins into their regular process and workflow? Any thoughts there? Yeah, I think you nailed it. Like too often, it sounds really cumbersome. Like, oh, once a year we assess performance. How the heck do we adjust and adapt to something that's more fluid and continual? Uh, so I mean, first of all, start small right? Like break it down into pieces, uh, going from a once year process to perhaps a twice year process or a quarterly, quarterly process. 
you're not doing the full gamut of a performance review cycle four times a year. You're right. simply layering in the formality around check-ins or a conversation for a leader to talk to their employees. Uh, obviously, we would hope that leaders and employees are having more frequent check-ins and conversations, but you know, for the organization to kind of zoom out and say, here's the bare minimum. Also, you really start by understanding the current state of where the organization is at. So I once led a redesign of performance management at a company where a high percentage of employees didn't even have one-on-ones with their managers. So I used the redesign of performance management to really focus on how to upskill leaders, how to reset expectations around conversations that tie to performance or goal mm. setting or career yeah. development. Uh, you know, at that particular organization, the once a year process was incredibly time consuming. Uh, and I even had an employee brag that they, they, they took a personal day simply to write out their self-review. Uh, no employee <laughs> should ever like have a 10 page self-review, but that shows in, in that organization because it was a once a year process of reviewing performance and feedback, the employee felt like they needed to write a novel to show, look at all the things that I did over the year. Uh, so, you know, identify the pain points, you know, to really understand, like, is it leadership? Is it goal setting? You know, yeah. is it employees feel stimmied in their career? And then just look at the process that your company uses to assess talent. So, so yes, performance management as a component, but kind of look at the other pieces. How do you do talent reviews? How do you support career development? Uh, how are you identifying critical roles? And then look at how can you connect the dots and kind of zoom out and work through a cadence to help leaders in the organization see all of the, the points within the process. Yeah, I, I love the, the few things that you talked about here. I mean, the first things around just even hey, like, I don't remember what I did for last Thursday for work. Like, how am I going to remember what you did for the last six months, 12 months, whatever it may be, right? Like, that's just not going to be accurate, right? And that's kind of like one thing. And then the second thing, which you alluded to at the end is like, if you think about performance management and performance data, right? It's really like, that's what should be driving your, most of your talent decisions, whether it's succession planning, whether it's training and development, because performance data tells you what their strengths, their weaknesses, where they need to work on, right? Uh, career pathing, of course, it's not just compensation and promotions, right? Um, and I think a lot of companies kind of miss that and don't really think about those decisions that they're making on a day-to-day -day basis today. Oh yeah. <laughs> Too often performance management is viewed simply as like the process. It's, right. oh, we do reviews. And then, you know, there, there's a number and then that number ties to a mathematical calculation, which determines compensation. None of that antiquated <laughs> process ties back to, well, what is, well, what does the organization need in terms of its talent? Uh, what did the organization accomplish this year? You know, yeah. are there retention issues? Uh, what's the level of employee engagement? Um, you know, all of the research shows that performance management or what we know it to be with you know, numerical ratings and a once-year process, it was born out of the industrial era of like, you make widgets on an assembly line. Uh, and then we just you know, brought that over in terms of knowledge work. Like how do you truly assess 
performance in say, you know, Harrison is a three and Megan's a four in terms of the work that we're doing as we're seeking to influence or manage change management or upskill leaders. Um, it, it becomes really comical. Uh, and I also like to talk about, you know, like the notion of a growth mindset organization where, yep. well, if you value, you know, learning and reflection and, you know, seeking to get better, well, if Megan had a goal and she missed, she missed the goal, she failed, but she learned so much through that process and what to do differently, you know, does she get a one because she failed on the goal or does she get a four because of the reflection and, you know, the ability of how do I do this differently? Um, and so I think that's where it gets really nuanced in terms of how, what role does performance management actually play in the organization? Or is it simply a mechanism for compensation? Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's really interesting, right? Because the companies, they need to think about like their overall people strategy, right? And, and kind of how performance fits in that, right? Like we have a whole bunch of interesting partners and clients that practice really different philosophies, right? Like some clients have uh, a, a component of, uh, you know, the, the solution basically where feedback is, all feedback is evaluative right? Like all of that stuff is going in your record, <laughs> right? And then there's other side where, no, the feedback is your own, right? Like they practice the philosophy, your own, you own your own feedback, you own your own performance. Nobody has access to it. That's for you. That's for development only. And you see a whole wide range of processes and philosophies that people put. And I think a lot of people need to kind of think about that a little bit more clearly before just saying, hey, like this is for compensation. And it may be, but still, you know, like they've got to like make that decision, I think, intentionally. Right. It, it gets back at the intentionality of the design and then connecting the dots. And then how does that show up in your culture? And also how do you role model, right? Like yep. continuous feedback. What does that look like? And how has the organization built the psychological safety where employees and leaders are asking for feedback, not just giving it to one another? Yep, absolutely. So on that topic, how do you create this habit of kind of continuous feedback? You've already mentioned role modeling, which is definitely a big component. Um, I think, you know, what else? I think adoption is one of the hardest things, right? Especially when it comes to continuous feedback and really any kind of HR technology and process, but I think especially with feedback. Any thoughts there? So I think the, the science says it takes 30 days to create a new habit. <laughs> and so recognizing it's it's gonna feel uncomfortable, right? Like you're trying something new. Um, so I'm a huge fan of scheduling it into my calendar and then checking against it for accountability. So I have a weekly calendar block um, on Friday mornings <laughs> that simply says, give some feedback. And so throughout the week, I'll put people's names in it uh, and then kind of write out, you know, kudos or any like constructive feedback and then queue it up on Friday to, to send out. Uh, and so then I can also be intentional about looking back on a monthly basis of how much feedback have I given? Am I only giving feedback to the same people or do I have a mix as well as how often am I checking in and soliciting feedback on myself? Um, so just being intentional about a modeling the behavior for others, but also recognizing what role do I play in ensuring that I'm giving feedback throughout the year. So then employees and peers, they can look at that and look at patterns as they're writing their self-review. Or if I were asked to provide, you know, peer feedback on somebody in an annual review, then I can just pull from all of those notes and look at the themes, right? 
Yep. So yep. it's it's too easy to get to the end of the quarter or the mid-year and be like, oh, I have nothing to reference. And then it's a mad <laughs> dash of, hey, Harrison, we've worked together for six months. Can you give me some feedback? Right. But that's not really grounded in you know the specific project or you know the behaviors or what are the capabilities that I'm seeking to to grow. Yep. So that yep. I think that's where it gets into the it's time consuming and everyone hates it. So from a like, how do you create this habit successfully? Like I would just start start small and add it into your calendar because then you're integrating it into the flow of work. Where yes, you can hit dismiss or snooze on that calendar reminder, but you know, hopefully one of those weeks, uh, you'll, you'll take the 30 minutes and provide some feedback and then just start integrating it into your routine. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting. Um, the, the, like, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Right. And I love the fact that you talked about like start small and keep yourself accountable. I think that's big, right? Like the process doesn't have to be this huge, humongous thing. <laughs> Usually it's much more efficient when it's just something small that you can hold yourself honestly accountable and kind of execute on a routinely basis. Um, I've even heard of one where literally there's a team that just goes on to a Zoom call literally and just sits there for 15 minutes while everybody writes their feedback, huh. which is kind of funny, right? Um, <laughs> and, 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 and oh, and by the way, you know, you talked about the 30 day kind of the habit creation. Apparently there's a book now that's debunking a lot of these like research around habit formation. And that's Ooh. one of them. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I'm going to, I'm going to need this book recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. I'll find, I'll find it. But apparently it's like debunking, like all of these, you know, really well-known, well kind of popularized habit research. I'll, I'll let you know what it is. I can't remember the title of it, but uh, yeah. Fabulous. Well then I, I stand to be corrected on how long does it take to form a habit, but I, I mean, <laughs> ultimately it is, you know, too often it's so easy to get caught up in the day to day. Yeah. And then you hit timeout and you say, what have I done? What have I accomplished this last week? Like what impact have I had? Yeah. Uh, what, what have I done over the last month? Right. And just like I mentioned at the beginning of the call, I'm an avid runner. And so I use Strava, which at the end of every month, it sends me an email telling me like how many miles I ran, how many mm. hours, how many kudos did I give to people? How many new PRs? And so right. it's this balance of like, yes, I try to go running, you know, five days a week, but sometimes it's easy to like forget how many rest days I took until I get this monthly report saying, you know, you were active 20 out of 28 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it is that balance of just integrating it into our day to day, which then gets at the, however your organization manages performance at the org level, like if they only do it once a year, but you yourself have created this process where you're asking for feedback and providing it, right? you're, you're setting others up for success mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know, it'll be far easier for you to write yourself evaluation or for peers to give, give you feedback because you have those patterns, right? Yep. Like it's less of, oh, on this one project, Harrison knocked it out of the park. It's, wow, consistently every time I work with Harrison, he's able to do ABC. Like that, those are, that's the type of feedback that matters in that formal biannual once a year process. Yeah. And you just touched on this one. Well, I actually have one last question for you, which is around um, kind of, so we talked a lot about like the continuous feedback component, right? But I think a lot of the times the quality of feedback or the quality of the conversation gets lost in the, in the pursuit of continuous feedback, if you will. How do you kind of 
think about and how do you how can you how can we like make managers especially managers and leaders um help them really develop you know deliver feedback that's meaningful and really effective any thoughts there so so much of effective feedback is tied to effective communication uh so my advice for leaders is know your style <laughs> And then know, find out your team style, right? And you can easily do something like, like a social styles you know, workshop to understand what's my dominant communication style, which mm -hmm. then ties into when I'm providing feedback, how does that show up? But right. then I also need to have a conversation with my direct reports to really understand how do you like your feedback? Mm -hmm. Like that should be your very first one-on-one -on -one when you're meeting somebody. Like, how do you like your feedback? Uh, so ensuring that you're delivering to their needs but also recognizing you may need to adjust based on the feedback that you're giving. Like if yep. you're having a tough love conversation, you're going to have to be a little more directive than, you know, woohoo, you did it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also make sure that it's a mix of verbal and written. Like yep. we can't remember every single piece of feedback that's given to us. And so if there's, you know, so maybe you're layering some of your tough love feedback, like you're having a verbal help me understand conversation, but then following it up in an email with a recap of, okay, so we, we discussed this, like, here's what I need to see going forward. Uh, and so a, then you've got the documentation, but also recognizing that maybe your employee needs to process things differently yep. versus right. in the moment being able to respond. Um, also, I mean, as much as you can be specific, right? Like I wouldn't just say, Harrison, you're the best. It's Harrison, you're Thank really, you, yep, yep, <laughs> you yep. are the best. But it's Harrison, you're really adept at navigating these, these you know, crucial conversations, et cetera. Like that, again, it's helping you understand what are you doing well so you can keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, tie the behavior to the impact. Right. Um, also bonus points, if you can sprinkle in some feedback that aligns to your company's cultural tenants. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. especially uh, for any employee that's been hired during the pandemic. This is incredibly important because research is showing that those employees are less likely to feel connected to the company's values. And so you're just really kind of tying things back to what are your core tenets um, or core capabilities and highlighting, you know, that connection of employees showing up in terms of what the company expects. Yeah, um, and, and also just make it a regular part of the cadence. <laughs> yeah, and tying it to your company values or tenants is like that's like a really big component where you can really start to build that into your feedback and performance management, like you said, to really not only develop and encourage the right specific behaviors, but also like really sustain your culture over time, right? Like that's how you can expand your culture to even if the person's not remote, right? Like you stand by what you write and what you say. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's definitely an awesome, awesome thing that I think a lot of people should think about. It's not just competencies. It can also be very specific to your values and behaviors that you want to see enforced on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And lastly, and definitely you know, important to note, while a lot of our conversation has been about like providing feedback, whether it's peer to peer mm. or leader to direct report, it's really important to build in the process of you yourself asking for feedback. Yeah. Um, and the more that like in leaders or employees ask for feedback on their own performance, they're, they're inviting that continual feedback and right, making right. it a part of, of the process. Uh, plus, I think we get more when we ask for it, right? It's like, yep. 
hey, Harrison, I just gave that presentation. I really love your feedback on how I showed up or you know, how I communicated you know, the, the complexity of the information versus Harrison, do you have any feedback for me? So yeah. again, it's the same rules apply in terms of like be specific um, and you really just, you know, it ties to the, the relationships as well. Yeah, I love it. I, we, we call it uh, get permission by giving permission. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love that. Awesome, awesome. Well, those are all the you know, big questions that I had. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, I've been posting a lot. Um, I have a lot of opinions <laughs> <laughs> um, on performance management and the future of work and you know, HR's capabilities. Uh, so feel free to reach out at, on, on LinkedIn. Awesome, awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Megan, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure, Harrison. Thank you.